We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome into today's edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, uh, joined again by Andrew Spade. We are going to put sort of a bow on our top 50. Did We turned it into 53 because of the special teams, guys, but we're still going to call it top 50 in the AFC North. And uh, what we want to do today is sort of rank the coaches in the AFC North. I know that recently, Andrew, the 33rd team, which is a uh, grouping of like former media personalities and I think some former NFL GMs themselves ranked the head coaches. Did you get a chance to see that uh, at all? I, I, there have been some coach rankings out there, but not a not a ton um, that, have, that have sort of covered this topic. I don't know if you've seen anything ahead of this. Uh, yeah, that's the one that caught my attention. Um, you know, I, it's, it's a kind of an offseason staple, right? So I would expect between now and training camp, we'll see, you know, PFF do do one and you know, maybe ESPN will do something behind the paywall and, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know if the athletic does something like that, but you know, all the, all the usual suspects will do one. And, um, yeah, that, that ranking from the 33rd team was, uh, was really something. Um, you know, I, I, the thing about it is, is that it's, you know, ranking coaches is so subjective because it's so hard in the NFL to separate the talent of the you know, the 20, I mean, what, when you look at actually who contributes on game day, you know, it's, it's 35, 40 players that actually are out there at some point. So you can't even say the 22, it's like 35 players that yeah. are actually, you know, getting into the game and playing meaningful snaps. And how do you separate the talent of 35 different individuals from the talent of, you know, a head coach and, and potentially some coordinators and then the assistant coaches. I mean, it, it becomes a real struggle to, to, to parse that out. Having said all of that, let's do it. You know, like <laughs> it's June, it's, it's the middle of June. Let's let's uh, try and separate the thing that I just said is very hard to separate. So I'll give the 33rd team credit. They have actually done this uh, when not many teams have. And it was led by Ross Tucker. So not sure where your Ross Tucker opinion is personally, but they're a little bit, uh, these rankings are interesting. We'll say, we'll say it that way. So, you know, guys at the top, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, I understand that. As far as the division goes, they have a he. I shouldn't say they. It feels like a he thing with Ross. Uh, has Tomlin third, right? Then he has Zach Taylor 12. 
am I missing Harbaugh? Uh, it's possible I am. Um, he has, Harbaugh's 11. Oh, Harbaugh's 11. Taylor's 12. Stefanski is then 23. Mm-hmm. And then he has just in front of Stefanski, Sean McDermott, which is very interesting, both of which trail Mike McCarthy. I'm deeply offended that Brandon Staley is 20th. Yep. What has Brandon Staley done to Garner mm-hmm. being in the 20th spot? Arthur Smith is 18, which is pure projection. It is pure projection indeed. Like Dan Campbell, 16. I mean, I like Dan Campbell enough, but what has he done? He hasn't yep. taken the team to the playoffs. It's just it's peculiar. Like I think Vrabel, 13, is kind of a slap in the face because I feel like he's always driven those teams to places they haven't necessarily Agreed. belonged. Is Sean Payton at four, you know, like Sean Payton a ton. Can we see Sean Payton away from Drew Brees? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's kind of use this as our baseline. Uh, do you think Mike Tomlin – let me ask you this, Andrew. Is is Mike Tomlin the best coach in the division? Mm. Um, I think so. Because, you know, I think what I would give him the edge on is that there have been, you know, like significant – reports, meaningful reports about his, you know, his uh, clubhouse locker room management style, whatever you want to say. I mean, the Antonio Mm -hmm. Brown thing is what everybody points to, right? Keeping a lid on that dude for years and years. But frankly, Ben Roethlisberger is in that conversation too. That guy, uh, you know, towed the company line for the most part while he was in Pittsburgh. And so, um, I mean, and you look at just the pure talent level of that roster last year, they had no business finishing above the Browns in the division, and yet they did, which is a credit to them. They were competing hard all the way through the end of the season. They were in playoff contention longer than the Browns. Um, So, yeah, I, I think Tomlin is the best coach in terms of just, you know, squeezing the most out of, you know, the talent that he has and getting guys ready to play every week. Um, you know, the, the Steelers are usually good for one letdown game, like early to mid season where they, it's typically on the road, you know, it's like the Jaguars or when the Jaguars mm-hmm. were bad or, or some bad road, you know, t- team on the road where the, the stadium's a little lifeless and they get skunked um, and then try and come back and still lose by six or whatever. But, but for the most part, week to week, they're ready to go. Certainly in the division, they're always a hard out. Um, and so I, I do think he's a really, really good coach. I think, you know, the transition from always having had one veteran quarterback to now having, um, you know, a young quarterback and how he manages that and and the level of patience he shows with Kenny Pickett and their offensive transition is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Something certainly to keep an eye on over the next uh, season or two as as Pickett either does or does not develop, right? Because at a certain point, you got to decide whether to keep running with that guy or not. And and Tomlin has always had a pretty short leash for non-Roethlisberger quarterbacks. You remember, you know, Mason Rudolph getting yanked in the middle of the game for Duck Hodges, that sort of thing. So um, overall, I think yes. Um, but I have to say that, I you know, it's a close one and two, him and Harbaugh, in my mind. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, he is... And I think if you follow enough Pittsburgh people, pay attention to what they think of him. I don't think he's had a losing season, which is pretty remarkable to never have that result. It's absolutely. Your resume. It is NFL. absurd. It's absurd in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, I get that he's been tied to Ben uh, and Ben has, you know, the recent Ben Roethlisberger has not really compared to he had some great runs like Ben was a really good quarterback for a long time. So I understand where that is. But to still, like you said, to have the Mason Rudolph season, to have some of those Duck Hodges appearances and still be able to never to say he's never had a losing season is unbelievable. But I think Pittsburgh people who would say he has been a guy who's been really good, but is he great? 
right? Like he's never really, uh, I know that they won uh, in 2000. Was it, was it 2009? They won. I think that's I can't right. Remember. Yep. I think that's um, right. But they've had a long run here of not really being in games that, that matter, right? Not making yeah. Super Bowl appearances on some really yep. talented teams. So um, I think Pittsburgh people complain. That's um, the nature of it. When you have one guy who's been in one location for that long, that's why a guy like Andy Reid was eventually let go from Philadelphia. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but and really what makes Belichick's run in New England so special is that this guy has been around, uh, has been around that long, you know, and tied to Tom Brady. I get it. But but still, you would think that their patients would wear thin one side or the other. Never happened. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say Tomlin has, has been doing it the longest. He gets the most out of the least and um, just has a way of getting his guys to buy into a brand of football. And I think it's under discussed how good he is defensively as a defensive yeah, that's guy. a great point like, yep um i think yep. he's hot he struggled at hiring offensive coordinators so sure. right he had um who did he have uh todd haley for a while there they moved mm-hmm. on from todd haley and then uh who i can't remember who they went to before matt canada i can't i can't his first name was remember. is randy fickner is the guy's name okay that's right yep. yeah so the, it feels like for the most part though the offenses have struggled there and there's been like this connection between um a struggling outcome on the offensive side. Well, if you look at defense, they've been so consistent. I know that they had for the longest time, Dick LeBeau at the defensive coordinator role and right. you, paired, you paired that with Tomlin and that was, <laughs> it was unfair, but it seems like a lot of those things have carried over and you have to give Tomlin credit for that. So really good coach. think it's fair to put him in number one. Yeah. Uh, the second here is, I think it's pretty safe to say it's Harbaugh. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, I, I think that he is another guy who's long tenured. I, I think that there was, um, like, I don't know, maybe maybe three, like before Lamar's arrival, there was a little bit of a buzz that they might be moving on. I can't remember if that was three or four years ago. Like, I, I do, I don't know if you remember this too, but there's like, is Harbaugh done in Baltimore? Are they trying to get rid of him? I can't remember sort of what their season record was. I'll try to look that up real quick, but. Yeah, I, I remember uh, that. It was definitely pre, pre-Lamar because he, you know, then they completely overhauled the offense and and brought Lamar in. It might've even been Lamar's first year when he was drafted, you know, so it might've been 20. Um, but I definitely remember that. And I remember hoping that the Ravens were stupid enough to fire him and that the Browns would be in a position to scoop him up. So maybe I, that, that might've been made at 19 then. Cause that was the Freddie kitchens disaster year for the Browns. I, I think that like, yeah, here it is. Okay. So they went eight and eight in 2013. This is, a, so they won the Super Bowl in 2012. Obviously they went 10 and six and Flacco put on a, a costume and was unbelievable for a Super Bowl run. Then they went um, eight and eight and 13, 10 and six in 2014, which I think they made the playoffs that year. But then they go five and 11 and 15, eight and eight in 2016, nine and seven in 2017. I think that's when it was. It was after the 2017 season going into 2018. Sure. Because then they drafted Lamar in 2018. They went to the playoffs. Yep. 10 and 6, lost yep. the wild card to the Chargers, 14 and 2 in 2019. Right. That was 11 the and 5 in season. Yep. yep. 11 and 5 in 2020, and then uh, 8 and 9 in 21, and then 10 yep. and 7 last year. So, yeah, I think there was a little bit of buzz around that, like in between 2017 to 2018. Yeah. But, I mean, the 5 and 11 season is is it. I mean, Harbaugh took over in 2008, 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 10 and 6, 8 and 8, 10 and 6. They had that 5 and 11, but then. Yeah. Eight and eight, nine and seven, ten and six, fourteen and two. Like he has put together just stellar performances year after mm-hmm. year. And he's he's done a really nice job with uh you know, obviously the defense has been the defense for so long. He's done such a good job with it, but uh it feels like 
you know, the transition from Joe Flacco and fading out to Lamar was pretty well executed, even though he is uh, certainly outgrown the, the organization outgrew or Lamar, you could say outgrew Greg Roman. Uh, and it was the right time to move on. I think that him here at the right time, because Greg Roman, people forget Colin Kaepernick took the NFL by storm. Who was the offensive coordinator for Jim Harbaugh? Yep. It was Roman, yep. right? Exactly. So like they put that together at the right time to get him comfortable in the league. Now we'll see if Todd Monken can lift him to new heights, but uh, they've done a great job and their defense has always been stellar, right? They, they've done a great job, but it just feels like he has been an exceptional hiring per like yep. just le- leading teams, like not leading a side of the football necessarily, but just uh, a presence they're leading. And I, and I think that they have, uh, have always bought into his attitude and you're right. Like that. I just remember back then that, uh, 17 to 18 window where there was some buzz that they were going to move on. Like it would have been a great, you know, people were trying to argue at a time. Like, no, man, this guy's a stellar coach. Like he's a CEO extraordinaire. I think he's yep. just really, really good at it. So I'll let you go on it too. But uh, I just, these two guys at the top of the division yeah. is not fun. That's exactly where I was headed, Jake. They, you know, Tomlin was hired in 07. Harbaugh hired in 08. Uh, both of them have never been head coaches anywhere else in the NFL. Uh, and they are, third and seventh amongst active NFL head coaches win wins. (laughs) Fun. So you're talking about two undisputed top 10 coaches. I don't care what Ross Tucker's rankings have, have Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh at. Um, They are top 10 coaches in the NFL. The, you know, the statistics are right there between the two of them, 11 AFC North championships, you know? um, So, you know, there's basically barely been a a second to even catch a breath if you're the Bengals or the Browns, because the, you know, they're just trading it off uh, season after season from all the way back. I mean, and, you know, in 2007, I was just a few years out of college. That's how long this has been going on, right? Like my entire, the vast majority of my adult life has been Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh just pushing around the Bengals and the Browns year after year after year. And obviously, that's a little part of their success, right? Is that there have been two punching bags in the division for a big part of that time. But um, credit to them for, you know, taking advantage of coming into organizations with great stability and becoming top 10 coaches. So specific to Harbaugh, you're absolutely right about the CEO stuff. The hiring stuff has been great, you know, um, and and also like give him credit for moving on from guys, right? Like uh, Wink Martindale, successful defensive coordinator. And he you know, Harbaugh started to see the limitations of that system mm-hmm. in the NFL that, you know, uh, you know, is the the increasing use of, of middle of the field safeties and that sort of thing. It's like, uh, Wink, you're not really kind of, you know, you're not keeping up with the times. And now he's gone and they've got this younger guy in there, you know, Mike McDonald, who had an up and down first year, but I think people think is a is a promising coordinator and could be a head coach of his own one day. So um, that ability to kind of see what's not working even when the results maybe haven't fully pointed to it, kind of seeing a step ahead, if you will. I think that's really been Harbaugh's strength. And I think that's the fear that everybody has about this switch from Greg Roman to Todd Munkin is that it, it, if, if there's probably one offensive coordinator that, that Harbaugh's kept too long, it's, it was Greg Roman. And, and it feels like the Ravens offense could kind of get unleashed this year. But just big picture, you know, two – you know, I mean, Harbaugh's got 147 wins. Tomlin's got 163. So two 150-win coaches in, in the same division is just absurd. I mean, the names that are up there with them, it's all – all the other guys are Hall of Famers. It's Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, and Sean Payton, and then Mike McCarthy, who, you know, I, that's a different conversation. But, I mean, 
it's a bunch of heavy hitters and then the two guys in in the AFC North and and they are heavy hitters in their own right. So it's a you know, I think Browns fans kind of sometimes want it not to be true because it's such a it's just such a kick in the nuts that these guys are as consistently good as they are, but there's not really any way around it. They are two of the best coaches in the league and they are both in the AFC North. And they yeah, and they deserve the respect for the longevity. What's crazy is that you have those two, which is super unique and rare and special. Marvin Lewis was there in 04 to own to 20 what, 2018? Great point. With the Bengals. Great and point. like yeah, Marvin Lewis wasn't maybe exceptional, but to have that longevity and he put together, you know, they went to the playoffs in in Lewis's tenure in 2005, went to the playoffs again in 2009 when they won the division. Went to the playoffs again in 2011, 12, 13, they won the division, and 15, they won the division. So, yeah, it ended poorly. They go 6-9, and 7-9, 6-10, and 10, but that guy was around for a while. And, they, you know, they lost all those wild card games. Really frustrating. But it's, it's insane in a league that turns coaches over almost every three years to have three coaches in your division last a decade is mm-hmm. insane mm-hmm. to see. And speaks to like you know if the browns were again andrew if the browns were in the afc south yep <laughs> just think about how much different you would feel about things year to year and they're just stuck <laughs> in this division of yeah. of organizations that yep. have like just cornered figuring out the nfl like like in terms of some of the uh not not saying figuring it out in in terms of always producing super bowls but just having that consistency that we're you know we're always craving that as, yep. as, as someone following the Cleveland Browns and for them to have that consistency, it's really something that'll make you extremely jealous. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to break down the other two coaches in the division. Yeah. We'll see what we think there. So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. 
Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Zach Taylor takes over, um, you know, and, and we should say Zach Taylor's 2012 on that list from Ross Tucker. And then um, Stefanski's what we said, 23rd. So yeah, there's a pretty wide, pretty wide gap there. I guess before we dig into the Taylor Stefanski stuff, the question is, do you think Taylor's better at this? That's that's the question. For Has you. he improved? I'll just leave it open. Is he is he better at this? Yeah, I I mean yes, I think he's I think he has improved from where he started. Um you know, uh I mean it's like it's hard to know though, you know, and this conversation even comes up with a coach like a Bill Belichick, right? Or you know, you mentioned Sean Payton and Drew Brees earlier. How do you how do you separate a good coach from a good quarterback, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I go back to the 2019 season. The Bengals were 2 and 14. Like, and they picked a hell of a year to do it, right? Because it made it very easy for them to, of course, they did. Uh, you know, to to snatch up Joe Burrow, um, you know, and and uh, you know, I mean, the rest is kind of history. But but they were a two and fourteen team, and that twenty nineteen season, it was like, oh, they they really six and twenty five really, without Joe Burrow. Yeah, they really screwed up. Right. That was the feeling. I remember that feeling is, oh, the Bengals definitely hired the wrong guy. They they chased the Sean McVay shine. You know, he was the mm-hmm. I mean, he just remember he was the quarterback's coach for the Rams. Right. And the Rams went to the Super Bowl and he got hired by the Bengals. And so, you know, I thought they really screwed this up. They they happened to luck into being terrible the year that Joe Burrow is the first overall pick. And now the question is, is he the third or the fourth best coach in the AFC North? And he's got, you know, his track record is two wins, four wins, 10 wins, 12 wins, right? So his trajectory year by year is just a straight, a straight line up almost. So, you know, do I think he's better at this than he was? I I think he almost has to be right. Because he was, he was truly one of the worst coaches in the league his first season. And I don't think you could say that anymore. Um, but I do think the question remains whether or not he has the ability to 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 do this long term to adjust to the league as the league adjusts to him. But back to back division titles, you know, and um, you know, back to back trips to the AFC Championship game with a Super Bowl trip in there, I think you got to give him credit for that. I mean, he has benefited from having uh, smart coaches around him. I think Brian Callahan is a good coach as his offensive coordinator. I think Louis. And he Arulo seems to have, he seems to have given coach. more to Bill. I agree um, to Cal, not Bill, but Brian. Yeah. Sorry. No, he has. He, I think he has. I think he has recognized his limitations to a certain extent and benefited from that. And certainly, um, you know, that's one of the hallmarks of a good, good, good coach, right? Is that you know what you can't do, what you don't know. So I, I, I'm, you know, I am. I would say that I'm mixed on Zach Taylor overall, and I would say that as the the years go by and especially once Joe Burrow gets that big contract that is coming 
and that makes it harder to kind of build the same offense around him, the same team around him, that will be when Zach Taylor will have to kind of earn it a little bit. His in-game management stuff has been poor for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, decision-making, timeouts, all those sorts of things. So over time, I think that stuff catches up with you as a coach, and I think it defines your ceiling if he if he's in sort of that good category or if he can continue to improve and eventually maybe get into that, God forbid, that great category with the other two coaches in the AFC North. Very all, all very fair. It's so hard to decipher, separate whatever you want to use is is like, and sometimes it might not matter. Like he, he just being with Burrow can can keep him relevant, right? He went to a Super Bowl and they were inches away from beating Kansas City again, right? To getting back to another one. Now eventually the pressure is like, are you the guy to get us there? Which I get that, um, but right now I feel like if you're trying to say that. Stefanski is is better than Zach Taylor it's just a lot of you're just sort of believing it like you just you just believe it I don't know that you have a ton of things that you can grab a hold of is kind of my point now could you say Stefanski has gone 11 and 5 8 9 7 and 10 with teams of the same talent level and quarterback play around the Andy Dalton level that Zach Taylor arrived at and done more with the same you could argue that right like I mean, Kevin going 11 and five with Baker Mayfield and then putting together another eight win season with me. He didn't have a two and 14 or a four and 11, four and 11 and one type yep. of run, right? right? Like he hasn't mm-hmm. had that. Yep. So I think that that's maybe you can angle, but the, I think the thing that we have continued to say, Andrew, which is, you know, uh, <laughs> this year, finally getting him with Deshaun and getting the most out of him this year is so important. I, I really, I really am going to be interested to see if they give him, if say they go nine and eight, say they maybe, you know, miss the yep. playoffs by game. Yeah. They're going to be really yeah, interested yeah, yeah. to see if they say, let's give Kevin another chance. I do believe that Kevin has improved in some areas. I think that he has the thing that I think he's walking a tight line on more than anything else is. And um, it's, it's what's, what's fascinating is you talked about Taylor and he's had the same DCOC his whole time. Right. And, and they're mm-hmm. getting credit. Those guys are getting deserved credit, but like, Kevin didn't I don't think Kevin did a great job of hiring a defense coordinator initially, which has played itself out uh, with Joe Woods and now going to Jim Schwartz. And we'll see if his sort of passive nature about Alex Van Pelt, yep. an offensive coordinator, comes back to bite yep. him. But yep. I think you can say Kevin is as as talented at the job as Taylor is. Mm-hmm. But the question in my mind is, does that end up even mattering? Like if, they, <laughs> if he can't get enough out of Deshaun, yeah, right. the pressure gets to be really serious, and that's mm-hmm. where a decision can be made to move on. And I, I will say again, if they ha- if he has a decent season, maybe not the great expectations met, but a decent season, I do think he will get another job somewhere. Yep. I, I, I think he will get another chance. I agree with because that. Most guys who get let go from the Browns is the guys that just never find another chance. But yeah, I feel like Kevin will be in the realm of somebody giving him another chance. But nonetheless, the point is the point. I think Kevin is fourth, but I don't think he's 23rd in the NFL. No. Do you think that that's too steep? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, yes, I think it's much too low. Um, you know, there I can I can just rattle off some coaches that I'd put him ahead of Mike McCarthy for sure. I think I'd put him ahead of Brandon Staley. I'd definitely put him ahead of Ron Rivera and Arthur Smith. Um, I'd, I'd put him ahead of uh, – Dan Campbell, you know, I think that's probably, and I mean this, 
you know, Tucker's got Brian Dable eighth, for example. I mean, the Giants were nine, eight, and one in a terrible division. Now I know they didn't have the best talent, but they also didn't have the worst talent in the league. So him being I eighth, Robert Sala is way too low too. Like yeah, twenty fifth. Yeah, and I no, actually, I, I mean, a nice yeah, job the, no, yeah. Tucker's rankings are, are are just bad. I think, but but is in in terms of Stefanski, you know, I I think. The, the in-game stuff has been strong, despite, you know, some of the criticism that he's received from local media. His his decisions on, you know, when to go for two, when to go for it on fourth down have been analytically sound, have been strong, you know, uh, process-oriented decisions. Um, yeah. You know, that that has been, I think, one of, the, one of the highlights for him is that, you know, you have not felt the same sort of like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, as, as we yeah. did with the last few coaches on the sidelines for, for the Browns. Challenges have been rough, but the challenges have have been rough, and I I think have been at times a little conservative. Even you know, there's been some things that he could have challenged that he didn't. Um, So I think that has been uneven. That's such a weird black box, though, in terms of you know what guys need and what guys don't need and all that sort of stuff. So um, you know, I, I I think the your point about the ceiling is is the concern, right? Because I think I think Stefanski, pardon me, is a good enough coach to 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 keep the Browns from bottoming out, right? He is definitely a good enough coach and has a strong enough operation that they I don't think, I mean, knock on wood, right? They're not going to have a five and twelve year under Kevin Stefanski, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um even you know, even if in the scenario where the quarterback got hurt, you know, and they and they had a backup, I still think he has a his his zone scheme, play action stuff is is you know waterproof enough that they can kind of weather storms. I mean, that's what last year was all about, yeah. right? But he's proven that to this point. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that the floor is solid. The question is, what is the what does the upside look like? What is, you know, what does it look like when he has to go uh head to head against a, a really good def- defensive coordinator or a really good team, you know, in a clutch situation. Um, you know, you flash back to that that Chiefs game in 2020 in the playoffs where they had every chance in the world to beat the Chiefs, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes is out of the game and they can't get it done. And I'm not saying all the fault for that uh, lies with Kevin Stefanski. I mean, Rashard Higgins extending that ball is, is you know, probably the biggest the biggest factor. But um, but still, the, the, I, think, I, think, I think it's a fair question to ask what the ceiling for the Browns is with Kevin yeah. Stefanski. And I want to send it back to you because here, here I think is one of the interesting questions, one of the more interesting questions for where the Browns are at. His last his contract is up after next season, after the twenty four season. It's NFL convention that you do not make a coach coach a lame duck season, you know, where he doesn't know what his future is. So the Browns actually have to decide after this season to extend or fire him. I think. Uh yeah, that's that's pretty fair. That's why the pressure is sort of there now. Yeah, could they run it? Would it be unheard of to say, hey, we'll give you this another year. We'll give you another year. So I, I, I think it's given the weird circumstances of the, the Watson suspension on top of a lot of other things. Now, they could be bad. <laughs> I, get, I know this is a Browns podcast. We don't like to talk negative future outcomes, but it is possible that they could really disappoint. And um, he would just not, there would be no interest in that. But there is a, a world again where like they go 10 and seven, they get the wild card and compete in the wild card game, maybe lose it. And it's like, well, we don't want to move on from Kevin because right. maybe the right coaches that we wouldn't, they would have to be the right guy. Maybe if Sean Payton was still sitting around this off season or something mm-hmm. and he was interested in coming, right? So it just it has to be the right circumstances of coach that you want to hire to replace him. But I do think it's pretty possible that they have like a decent enough season to feel good about things, but maybe not lock in some five-year extension 
and then he coaches on that final season. But yeah, you don't want him to. The the yeah. lame duck stuff is not. It's not that good. That would be real anybody. weird in twenty four. Very very <laughs> much so. So it's just we've said it a hundred times in a hundred different ways this yep. off season. It's a wildly important season for him, mm-hmm. and your way of putting that I think is is really sound. Which is he's done a nice job to show you that he will take you from this level of uh, you know. Uh, terrible i don't know there's a better word for it um not not not, you know he's just his baseline is strong i think Mm -hmm. he can get you to average to above average and he's shown he can do that even providing you know healthy environments for quarterbacks that are not the most talented but it does take another level of talent to push beyond that and then have an elite guy at the position and get the most out of him and get the most out of the team around him as well so i think that's certainly a fair concern yeah they went 11 and 5 that was a great year um, but you know, is that something he can recreate and, and, and recreate playoff wins? That's the challenge. Yeah. And I think even like finishing fourth among these guys is not to say that, you know, the, the, the third place coach just went to the Super Bowl and inches away from getting back to the Super Bowl. Think about That's right. that. That's so right. it's a really impressive division, yeah. but I think to your point, like he's around top 15, he's around Mm-hmm. the upper echelon of coaches in this division, in this NFL. He's just like, if he puts together a great season, does things the correct way, Jim Schwartz is a home run. Bubba Ventrone is a home run higher, right? Then certainly, right. Everything's yeah. there for us to call him a top 10 guy. So, yep. um, well, and, and to your point ahead. about, you know, the, if the Browns were in the AFC South, for example, if the Browns are in the AFC South, he's, we're probably having a conversation if he's a, the best coach in the division, right? It's it's mm-hmm. like head head and head between him and Doug Peterson, I think. And I think you could make an argument both ways. So, um, and I'm sure there are other divisions for, for which that is the case. Um, it's just the AFC North is loaded in this particular way. It, it's, you know, it, it's not as if the AFC North has the best three rosters, but they have, you know, between Joe Burrow, what he has done for the Bengals, and then the organizations that are the Steelers and the Ravens, the AFC North just has the most stability, right? I mean, yeah. Burrow's going to sign an, a massive extension. He's going to be a Bengal for life. It's the best football division. It's that's right. Yeah, that's and that's division. yes. And 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 the Browns are the most unstable still, even after having the same, you know, head, head coach and front office for three years. They're still the most unstable organization of the four. Yeah, they're trending in a good direction here, but they need to be. Yeah, they need to find the right results to continue it because well. The, the stability, I feel like, is just going to last around them. Like, I don't feel like exactly. Tomlin's going anywhere, exactly. and I don't feel right. like Harbaugh's going anywhere. Anytime. Right. The, no, the Lamar Jackson thing was – the one of the reasons that was so interesting was that it was another team in the division with egg on their face, and that just doesn't happen that often. I mean, the Bengals get it sometimes for being cheap, right? But uh, other than the fact that Mike Brown is poor uh, by NFL owner standards, you know, there's not really anything that any of these other teams wear in the same way that the Browns wear being a – you know, a – uh, schizophrenic tire fire, you know, so, um, oh, well said <laughs> to be put that way, but that is well said. So I, you know, I, I think the, the positive spin on this is that it is absolutely all in front of them this season. And I think, I think that there's a, there's a, there's a scenario for this year where Stefanski really does meld well with Deshaun Watson and unlock something in him while Watson unlocks something in Stefanski, the head coach and play caller. And we're talking about Stefanski as a top 10 coach by this time next year. I think that scenario is on the table. Very much on the table. Very much. So, okay, this is good. We've kind of rounded it out. We, I mean, I feel like it's a pretty fair assessment to say 
Kevin is currently sitting fourth, but again, that's not the slight that, that I no. think some people can take nope. it, take it as uh, it's just a, it's a pat on the back to what has been happening in this division for a long time. And Zach Taylor for what he's recently put together, which is a pretty rare run couple plays away from winning a Super Bowl, And like we said, a, I know a, a, a goofy, what was that late hit or roughing the passer yep. penalty away from being back in another one, which is mm-hmm. crazy. So uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I feel like we nailed it here. Talked about the division coaches rankings. If you have some complaints or some other thoughts, I love to hear them, throw them to us. Uh, we, we like to hear uh, something we could be perceiving wrong. Never afraid to share on Twitter. Uh, never be afraid to fire over a message uh, over at the OBR, uh, whether direct message or something and ask the insiders. We always look forward to having some banter with you guys. Andrew, appreciate your time, man, as always. It's always a good time, Jake. Love to hear it. All right, guys, we are going to bounce out for today. Sorry for the tardiness of this podcast. You know, it's uh, life. It's the off season. Everyone's living it. So, so hopefully you're soaking it up too. But, uh, you know, like I said, feel free to hit us up for the weekend mailbag podcast. Anything you want to chat about on that one or want to have your questions answered. Those are always uh, open to any questions. We've had really, really interesting and thoughtful podcast suggestions and we're going to try like hell andrew put together a, a great little uh, outline to to try to hit on a lot of the topics some of you have shot over to us that you would like to hear answered so we will try to get to those as well so uh you guys collaboration and interest in the pod and what comes out of the pod is always uh is always really first class and we're going to try to do the best we can to answer those so listen have a great thursday uh and 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 um take care of yourselves enjoy some some weather that's turning in the right direction Uh, We thank you for stopping by, giving the OBR Film Breakdown podcast a listen. We'll check back in with you on Friday, and as usual, go Browns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.